Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. there's breath in your body there is hope welcome to another think hope podcast i am your hopeologist dr rosalind white lewis Tompkins, and i am here once again to help facilitate your journey of hope And yes, we are counting down the time for April National Month of Hope. And I am so excited about the things that we are doing this year that we will be sharing on our next Think Hope podcast in detail. The strategy that we are implementing this year to reach out to all 50 states plus Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. And we're reaching out to organizations in every state of the United States of America to let them know that April is the National Month of Hope. And we selected the organizations that we contacted simply by two criteria. Number one, that they had hope in their name. So these were nonprofit organizations who had hope in their name or their mission. And then number two, we reached out to each capital of every state in the United States of America because we are here in Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of Florida, and we are a nonprofit organization mothers in crisis and we are the ones who sent off an application and was accepted to found the first ever national month of hope in april through the national day calendar and we have been implementing so many different initiatives and strategies since 2018 which was our first year, so that people would become aware of the fact that we have April as our National Month of Hope. As a matter of fact, we've done things internationally as well already. We have several nations who are uh, recognizing April as a National Month of Hope, different organizations within different nations globally, and we are excited about that. And we know that this public awareness campaign, promoting the public awareness of hope through public advocacy, is going to really take off once people become aware of it. And that's what public awareness campaigns are all about they're all about making everyone aware of the fact that there is hope as we look at the statistics surrounding suicide and realizing that it is a leading cause of death among our young people and as well as across all of the demographics but especially among our young people and as I say young people from teenagers to early adulthood the numbers are increasing and suicide continues to be a problem one major cause of death in the United States of America as well as other nations and we believe that through the Mothers in Crisis Hope Pass It On campaign 
we can make a difference. And the only way we can make a difference is if people become aware of the campaign and the fact that there is hope. And then beyond the awareness comes the empowerment. Because after you're aware, you want to make a difference. You want to be able to do something about it. And we have the practice of hopeology. Since 2020, we've been unrolling the practice of hopeology and presenting it to people all across the globe, all around the globe. And so many people have talked about how the practices, the very practical self-help things that one can do to bring hope, first of all, in their lives, and then to spread it and help others, how they make all the difference in the world, this practice of Hopeology. And especially in December of last year, whenever we presented a Hope Immersion Retreat, and the women, the small group of women that were so impacted that two decided they wanted to become hopeologists. They wanted to be licensed and certified in the practice of hopeology and licensed as hopeologists. And this was the first year now that we were able to unroll this licensure. And we are so very excited about the results that the Hope Train is back on the moon and it is going down the tracks and bringing us into the National Month of Hope in April. But before we get there, there's so many things that we have to talk about. As a result of our Hope Immersion Retreat workshop in December of last year, out of the small group of powerful women that were assembled there and received from the workshop about the practice of Hopeology, there were two that decided they wanted to be licensed as Hopeologists and certified in the practice of Hopeology. And we'll hear from one today, none other than Evangelist Linda Blackshear Smith. I will have a hope chat with her. She is now licensed as a hopeologist and in the process of receiving her certification in the practice of hopeology. And you'll get a chance to find out a little bit more about her and the things that she's going to bring forth through this practice of hopeology as she is now sharing it with others. As a matter of fact, we have a Hope Immersion Retreat workshop scheduled for March the 11th, and she will be hosting it. We will have it at Turning Point International Church, which is now our Hope Immersion Retreat Conference Center, and we are excited about that. We will share with you more details about the upcoming Hope Immersion Retreat on March 11th that Evangelist Linda Blackshear-Smith will be hosting as a Hopeologist. And the other Hopeologist is none other than Dr. Rebecca Judd. And of course, we'll be hearing from her in some of the upcoming Think Hope podcasts. But today, we are going to have a wonderful Hope Chat with Evangelist Linda Blackshear-Smith. Her full name is Linda Jewel Blackshear-Smith. And she's a native of Tallahassee, Florida. She's a graduate of Florida A&M University with a Bachelor's of Science in Accounting. And she worked as a licensed nursing home administrator. One of the places where she was the licensed nursing home administrator was of River Chase. Now, in terms of her ministry, she founded the Divinely Empowered Equipped Ministries, Inc. in April of 2013. And her main focus, uh, once they became the 501c3, is, is helps and Christian education ministry. 
And she has a call, a call for change. And she is beseeching women and men of faith to change those things in their lives that are contrary to his word, his will, and his way. So she, you may say she's a change agent, and that's why it's such a wonderful fit for her to now be a hopeologist because that is also a part of it. It's advocating for hope, which then brings change. When people become more hopeful, their whole outlook and their lives change. And Blackshear Smith was ordained as an evangelist in March of 2018, and she currently serves as the associate pastor of DVD Ministries. She's married to Wilbur L. Smith, and she's a grandmother to nine, and she's also an author of My Testimony. It is a book that she wrote about overcoming adversity on her journey called life. And one of the main things that she does in this book, my testimony, is expose major church hurt and how she survived and how it actually increased her faith. We are in for a treat today because we have with us none other than newly licensed hopologist evangelist Linda Blackshear Smith. Welcome to Think Hope Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I am excited to be here today. Yes. Well, it, it, it's wonderful uh, to, to have you with us. I've, I've kind of shared uh, your testimony from the Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop, and I'll be able to share a little bit uh, of that uh, later on in the show so that people, even if you miss that particular episode, uh, you'll get a chance to hear that. And I've also shared uh, on a couple of occasions of the shows of how now you and Dr. Rebecca Judd have become licensed hopeologists. And so I'd just like to say congratulations and welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I am indeed privileged. And it is indeed a pleasure to be a licensed hopeologist. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> well, you are welcome. And it's, it's such a good fit because I read some of your, uh, your bio at the beginning of the show. And just to see uh, some of the things that, that you've done over your, your career in the, in the workforce as, uh, as a licensed nursing home administrator, and, and as you've always told me, that was, uh, that was a ministry for you, right? That is correct. That is correct. We served people. We were there for people. So it was definitely a ministry, and I could not have done it without God. You had a wonderful, illustrious career, and you really made a difference in the lives of the people not only the, the ones that were living there, your clients, but also the staff. How many years were you there? I was at River Chase for 19 glorious years. Wow, that's wonderful. And you, and you uh, retired, right? I did retire from River Chase. However, I'm back in the workforce but not in the capacity of a licensed nursing home administrator. I worked for the county of Gaston. You founded your ministry of Divinely Empowered Equipped Ministries, Inc. in uh, 2013. So talk a little bit about uh, what your ministry does and, um, and what you've been doing since that time. Okay, thank you. Divinely Empowered Ministries, what we are all about, and it's short, D, we call it D. Okay. And what we do, what we do, we are Ministry of Christian Education and Health. So I thought, we thought it was so important to educate people on Christian principles and encourage people through the Word of God. 
And uh-huh. also, we, how can I say this? We make it our business to help people. We, are, mm-hmm. we see a need, we try to fill it in whatever way that we can from helping people to purchase a hot water heater, to taking a trip, to take care of a loved one. So we just do whatever God lays on our heart to do to fill a, to fill a need. Mhm, mhm. Well, that's so that's one thing. Engage in, yes, we even engage in feeding people. We try to have a closed closet where folks can come and just get articles that they need. Yes, that's that's very um, service service oriented. It sounds as though your whole career both in the workforce and as well as in ministry, uh, has been about helping and and being a servant to others. Yes. Now I was I was um, interested and I was a little intrigued by your message, a call for change, that, that is that is uh, something that you are pretty much promoting and um, bringing forth in people and also especially women and men of faith that you are admonishing us to change those things in our lives that are contrary to the Word of God, His will, and His way. Now, how do you do that and, and what is that? Tell us a little bit more about the change aspect of your ministry and your call. Okay. Okay. Well, in November 2012, God planted in me this message, a call for change. And initially it was for me. I needed to change some things that Mm -hmm. I wanted to become all that God had called me to be. So then after I started making changes, then I looked around. There were people in my circle that needed change. So my first event was to target the whole person, talking about the spiritual, the relational, so I brought in all kinds of people, mm-hmm. experts in those areas to present. But the message has continually been about a call for change since. 2012. So I hold events and focus on areas that we need changing. Finances, I didn't leave that out because it's so important that we don't become slaves to debt. So that was so important to me. So, and then socially, we need to know how to be in a culture where we are friendly, where we are helpful, where we are servants, where we are operating in our gifts. So that mm-hmm. was another component of Call for Change, is encouraging people to live up to their potential and their capabilities. So that was what we have built, the foundation, that's the foundation, is to help mm-hmm. people recognize that there is a need to, to change and that you can be what God has called you to be. But you got to make some changes. you got to renew your mind. It all starts mm-hmm. in the mind. And so we focus a lot on those type of settings. I bring people in. It was free of charge because I wanted to eliminate excuses. People say, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, which I know. People make allowances Mm -hmm. for what they want. But I try to um, eliminate excuses. So I, I open it up. I open it up. And I was fortunate that I had places that I was able to do it that I did not have to pay a lot of money to mm-hmm. get so my kept my finances or the budget low so that I could offer it and just give and give and give. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we did. And again, everything was based on the components of spirituality, physical. It was so important that people mm-hmm. know you need to take care of you. And so, yes, so, yes, so it, it's still going on. God won't let me turn it loose that there's still <laughs> a call for change. <laughs> that is, so, that yeah. is uh, certainly 
um, something that we all must do and that whole aspect of transformation that happens whenever we become uh, born again and we accept the Lord and it's a it's a lifelong process of of becoming of becoming you know and uh, for you to have a ministry as a change agent it all fits together I can see it how you are now a part of this hope pass it on and save a life campaign through the hopeologist being able to have a tool through the practice of hopeology to use to help people to change and to become more of who they are created and who we're all created to be. We're going to take a break now and hear from you the uh, what you shared about your experience at the Hope Immersion Retreat Workshop. And then we're going to come back and hear from you your motivation for wanting now to be a hopeologist and becoming a hopeologist as well as certified in the practice of hopeology. So we'll we'll share that now and we'll be right back after the break. Standing here with Linda S. <laughs> and you have attended all three of the days of Hope Immersion. So you have really been immersed in this hope. And you shared before, and now at the, at the end of it all, I want you to share now what it has meant to you and what you received, just, just from your heart. And before you even start, one of the things that you did was create this beautiful bracelet of hope with the hope colors, and you gave it to me as a gift. And we are going to make sure we get more of these and make these available as a part of the Hope Campaign. So thank you. Greetings! <laughs> wow, I am just overjoyed. I'm excited. I'm energized. Listen, this experience has definitely been life-changing for me. So all of my goals, all the things that I have been given by God to do, I have hope that I'm going to be able to get them done. I have been called to be different and called to make a difference. So after these three days of getting tools and practical ways to do that, I am ready to take off. So thank you, Dr. Thompson, for all you have poured into us. I really appreciate the work that you are doing. So you stay grounded, and I am looking forward to working with you to take this hope to the world. Thank you. Wow, yes, you, you were excited, and, and one of the things I can say is that you remain excited. Sometimes you go to different conferences and workshops and it's almost like a sugar high where where you, you get all, you know, lifted and, and and everything and inspired, I would say. But then a week later or two weeks or, you know, even sometimes a little bit longer, it, it just kind of all goes away. But I can say that you have remained in that place of excitement and to the point of saying hey i want to be a hopeologist so let's talk about that now from your perspective yes and I, I just was so on fire sitting there i could not hardly contain myself at the retreat because everything was lining up with what i had been doing where i wanted mm -hmm. to go and mm -hmm. so being a hopeologist just gives me the tools to do it even better. So mm -hmm. I'm always about having the spirit of excellence and yeah. knowing that we can go higher and higher with this. So this is why I am so excited being called on or given 
the various tools to share with people that suffer from not having hope. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this has just been a lifeline to me, just been a lifeline. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to sit as a student and like a sponge and just soak all of this up so that I can empower people and let people know as long as there is breath in your body, there is hope. So I am, yes. as you can tell, I am very excited this. And that, that is a testimony that you have to the power of hope and what we are presenting and, and what people are receiving. It's real. It's a force of hope. It's not just some type of wishful thinking, as I always say, where you where you cross your fingers behind your back and I wish I may, I wish I might hope upon a star tonight. But it's it's so much deeper than that. And there's such a need for it. I was sharing earlier uh, about how the statistics for suicide in the United States of America in particular, uh, according to the CDC, continues to rise. They continue the statistics. And when we talk about statistics, we're talking about people, real lives, and especially now young people. And and they're showing that young girls or young ladies are now at risk. Uh, those who are participating with the social media and, and different uh, things that are now available to young people and it's causing them to despair and I really believe I said this back in 2018 when we first got the designation for April to become the National Month of Hope I said then and I'll say continually we are facing a hope crisis because whenever you despair to the point of I want to take my life I don't want to be here and it's not just the young people it's across all the demographics that we are facing a, uh, a percentage of suicide rate that is it, it hasn't been this high in 30 years and it's and it's not uh, the curve is not turning as of yet but my vision is to have a hope force with people such as yourself and others who will be able to take this message of hope to be able to think hope, to be able to imagine hope, to be able to share this hope with others, to speak the language of hope, and to help those who are facing these hopelessness and and this despair. And that's yeah. why it's 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 fun, it's exciting, but it's so so deep. It's it's simple but it's profound and it's so simple that sometimes people will say oh that's not practical that's not going to work but that's saying I'm not even going to try and whenever people begin to to try and they and they utilize these practical self-help tools to become more hopeful it can change your life amen and what I'm finding is that we all need hope and especially those in the uh, in the helping profession such as yourself and that's why I'm excited and I am very determined and motivated to help leaders to be able to take this message and Amen. speaking of motivation let's talk about that about your motivation for the things that you do my motivation stems from a desire to make a difference mm-hmm. in this world. I believe that I have been called to be different mm-hmm. and to make a difference. And the only way that I can make a difference is I have to be different. I have to be intentional about this mm-hmm. because as you have Stated, there is a crisis of hopelessness 
Mm-hmm. And so until we as believers or persons that are full of hope, we have to share it. We have yes. to share it. And I do believe in our sharing, it's going to come back to us. So that's why I'm so motivated to do this is because I have been wired to make mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. I know this without a shadow of doubt that one of my spiritual gifts is encouragement. And this mm-hmm. fits right in is into in order to encourage. I have to be hopeful. I have to be yes. full of hope that I can do what I have been called to do. So, th- so that's why I have this inner motivation to be different and to, I just want people to get it. And mm-hmm. I will, I'm stubborn. I, I, I just put my feet in the dirt and will not move until I see some sign that just a, even if it's just a glimmer of hope, I'm going to stay right there until I see that. Because I know that we are put here to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life and that more abundantly. Amen. 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 So I have been transformed by truth. The truth <laughs> of the matter is he came that I may have life and have it more abundantly. Yes. And yes. So, and I just want to share that with people. I mean, and for me, I can see looking in people's eyes and, and because it says eyes are the windows of the soul. And mm-hmm. sometimes those eyes seem empty. And so I want to be a vessel that can fill them up yes. with hope and with see hope. the light come on, the light come on, and they get excited. So, yes, that's yes. my motivation. And that is why you are a licensed hopeologist that is certainly a, a good fit, I would say. Now, what we're, we're going to do, since, since we're both hopeologists here, uh, so many okay. times we talk about the practice of hopeology and we talk about this hope and, and we talk about the uh, self-help practical tools that are found in the practice of hopeology. Well, today on this Think Hope podcast, we're going to demonstrate one. Because so many times, that's what we have to do. We have to give people a chance to experience it or, as the Word of God says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So we're going to take a hope break now. And our hope break is a scheduled hope break. And that is one of the tools that we employ in our toolkit of the practice of hopeology and that is taking hope breaks and as you said it has to be intentional everything that we're talking about so many times people are just um they will dismiss it and say oh well that's just common sense or or you know those things but if you don't intentionally do these things you'll find that you won't do them because life is so busy and you have so many things going on. So one of the first steps, and we're going to take our, our hope break right now, and one of the first steps to taking successful hope breaks is schedule breaks into your normal routine and only five minutes. You start off in five minutes. Sometimes you may go a little bit longer as you continue. Whenever we first started with the Hope Breaks, I believe it was back in 2019, we actually put an alarm on the phone for maybe three times during the day to just stop everything. And then the second step is to find a quiet place to stop everything so for instance during the first year my first hope break came around 10:30 so at 10:30 my phone would alarm and I would 
look around and see if it was a way, if I wasn't in a meeting or something like that, to just step out, step outside if I was away and get in my car or step outside if there was a quiet place or step into the into the restroom if it was, you know, conducive to something like that mm-hmm. or my bedroom, just depending on wherever, but, but kind of move away from other people. So we're in a quiet place right now. It's just you and it's just you and I with, with this Thinko podcast. So so we've already we've already met those criteria. So the next step, the third step, is to take five to ten deep breaths. So let us do that now. Let us take at least five deep breaths, breathing in and out. And when you're taking these breaths, it's good to just close your eyes unless you're looking out maybe at nature or water or something like that. But usually it's best to close your eyes. And now the next step is to think about good things happening. Instead of the worst case scenario, think of the best case scenario. Think about those things that you desire to see to come to pass. I always give this example. Say you're looking for an opportunity, a business opportunity to open up for you and you've been waiting and you've been trying things and you may feel a little discouraged because nothing is opening up. Maybe you've been putting out applications to different companies or for interviews and you keep hearing not now or no and sometimes you feel like well I might as well give up but now as we're taking this whole break together see it opening up see that thing in your mind's eye see it happening and make it very specific See what color you're wearing. See who you're talking to. See it coming to pass. Now, the next step is to make an affirmation and speak it out loud. What I see, I see hopeologists all around the globe, several licensed and certified in the practice of hopeology, sharing with others as they become more hopeful and spreading hope. And I see the suicide rate going down as the hopeologists are partnering with other organizations and bringing this hope alive. And that's my affirmation. So you make an affirmation based upon what you see and what you believe. And I don't know about you, but right now, just having done this with you and I right here as a demonstration, I feel more hopeful. What about you? Tell me how what you're experiencing now. The same. I feel more hopeful. I see myself as one of those hopeologists spreading hope around the world. Mm. I see it. I I see it. And I'm a very visual person. So closing my eyes and imagining it is not new to me. So I see (laughs) myself dressed. I see myself on my way. I see myself visiting people that for some reason life has beat beat them down. Mm -hmm. And I walk in. And I walk in. Yeah, and the room lights up. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. That's 
that's the power of taking these hope breaks. And then the, the last step is to repeat as often as needed. And as I stated uh, in the beginning when we first started them, uh, I would do them intentionally at least three times a day. And now, years later, they are a part of my life. I mean, I find myself, if I'm sitting at home and I'm looking at television or something, I'll turn it off and just take some time or I'll just go out on the veranda or, I, or whenever I go walking. So in other words, it becomes more uh, uh, like a habit and it becomes a part of who you are. And it really makes a difference because uh, if, if, if you're like me, there have been seasons where because of what we would say, situations, trials, tribulations, things happening, where I would really, really feel like, well, it's, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen for me. And, and I'll, I'll just give an example of that. I'll never forget during the time when I first uh, started Mothers in Crisis and uh, the Lord had given me the vision to start it, but I didn't know anything about a ministry. I was in my 20s. I was, in, I was just free and fresh from uh, drug addiction. I, you know, I was walking free and clean. I think I had about four years and I was a single parent and, and I just felt so overwhelmed. And things that I tried whenever I found out, when I got the vision and I tried to do, it just wasn't happening. And I do remember a despair. I was in despair. I was like, ready to give up and I was like it'll never happen for me and and all of those things is so it's so easy as you know uh, evangelist Linda to to slip into those those places what happened for me during that time I'll never forget uh, we were having a meeting uh, of mothers in crisis for to establish mothers in crisis those ladies that were there in the very beginning and at that meeting the Lord spoke into, to me. I heard him so clearly when he said, if you don't do this, you're going to be looking at a magazine or newspaper and you're going to see someone else doing it because it's going to happen. And that just kind of brought, <laughs> that brought it back home to me. And I told them, I told the group, I said, you guys, we have to do this. Now, I don't know exactly how but we're going to do this because it's been given to us and and I can say 30 plus years later and impacting tens of thousands of families it, God did it <laughs> and, uh, and and but if if I had hope breaks back then it would have been a whole lot easier it would have been better and I wouldn't have wasted so much time spinning around in that place of despair, uh, thinking that I just, I wasn't good enough and it would never happen and we don't have money. All these things that we think and they can be like in a loop in our brain. But if you begin to take these hope breaks, it shatters that the more you see it happening. And guess what? It happens. It comes. It happens. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes. I'm a witness. Let's talk about now what are some challenges that you've had to overcome in your life and on this particular journey that brings you here now as a hopeologist? Yes, thank you. Listen, for me, the most challenging thing for me to overcome was fear, mm. my life. Fear. Mm. Even knowing what Paul said in the Word of God, God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. I mm -hmm. still suffered from fear. And so it was a journey to overcome that. And I use affirmations. 
I mm-hmm. use the word of God that God, the spirit of fear is not from God. And I represent God. And he doesn't give me that. But he, but what he does give me, I can use it. I can use love. I can use power. And he's given me a sound mind, a renewed mind. Use your mind, Linda. Listen, Linda, listen. So I use my mind to overcome fear. And mm. let me tell you, fear is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that, that's a real spirit. And because it would even paralyze me so I would not accept speaking engagement, mm-hmm. let alone preaching. Because, gee, you know, that fear, like, what do you have to say to the people? They don't want to hear anything you have to say. So those, all of those thoughts and lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. So, but to God be the glory. Yeah, and I was able to overcome that. So now you can't hardly shut me up <laughs> <laughs> because I just want to share. Yes. And I recognized that it was not a spirit from God, but it was a spirit to keep me silent, to, mm-hmm. to shut me up. And so that helped with overcoming because, gee, there are people that need to hear that I suffered with that that I had that, and I overcame, so now you can overcome. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my challenges. Challenges, And another was, gee, I thought I could save people. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to the realization that I am not anybody's savior. I yes. can be used by the one that can save, and I can also lead people to the one that can save. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn that that was a bitter, that was a hard lesson for me to learn, but I finally learned it. So, <laughs> so I give, I, I, I don't be God. I let God do what God does. So I stay over right. in my lane. I stay in my lane. So in the last, it's not the last challenge, but I just want to share this one because it sometimes creeps up and I have to use my renewed mind. And that is that being concerned about other people's opinion of who mm. I am. Mm. And I had to come to the realization that to myself, I must be true. <laughs> you know, yes. I must be true to me. And that I must seek to please my creator, the almighty God. So if he's pleased, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. care what people think about Linda. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing what he's wants me to do. And I also pray, let these words and the meditation of my heart be mm-hmm. acceptable to him. So, yes, so I, I feel like I'm an overcomer, and I still today quite often cite, I am more than a conqueror. Through that's Christ right. Jesus. And that's what I share with other people. You can do this. Come on. You're more than a conqueror. <laughs> yes. God gave this to you a long time ago. Now activate it. You know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Those are some of the challenges that I have been successful with the help of Almighty God to overcome. And and that is that is great that you are able to identify and you have a testimony now, and you have testimonies, because no test, no testimony. And so many times we want to be overcomers in this life, but we don't want to go through anything. And to be able to identify things, and I know there are many other things as well, but those are are major because so many people uh, have problems and and they have those very same challenges concerning uh, fear, concerning people-pleasing, concerning that whole savior complex of, of you know, wanting to be God. And, and so many other hope killers. We're going yes. to take a break now and hear a hope thought. And it is entitled, Beware of the Hope Killers. And then we're going to come back and continue to have this hope chat with evangelist Linda Blackshear-Smith. I'm hopeologist 
Dr. Rosalind Lewis Tompkins, and I am here to share a hope thought with you today, taken from my book, As Long As There's Breath in Your Body, There Is Still Hope, and my Practice of Hopeology booklet, Learn How to Become More Hopeful and Get Your Hope Thoughts Today, Guaranteed to Lift You from a place of sorrow and despair and help you to think hope. Join me now for your hope shot for today. Watch out for the hope killers. There are those who don't like hope, who when they see that you are peddling this hope or you are a hopeful person, you're thinking hope and speaking hope, they will try to dash cold water upon your spark and your fire of hope. And they'll say things to bring you down or make you feel badly about believing that things will get better. They'll say things like, I don't believe in all that positive thinking or that's just wishful thinking. I've even heard people call hope cursed because they have felt that hope let them down, that when they hoped, it did not happen, it did not come. And as the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, and some people are sick in their hearts. Therefore, the moment they get us an inkling that you're speaking from a hopeful place, they will try to kill it. Hope killers are those who try their best to shoot down your hope, to make you feel badly about having hope. Hope killers are negative people. You may say, tomorrow is going to be better. And they may say, tomorrow will be just as it was today. That's why you have to watch and be sensitive in your spirit to hope killers. Because sometimes they may be in your family, they may be your closest friends, they may be your spouse, they may be on your job, but you can tell if you leave them feeling down, if you come feeling hopeful, feeling like you can do it, and by the time you leave their presence, you're feeling down, you're holding your head down, and you're thinking, I can't do it. Just know that's a hope killer. And if you choose to hang around hope killers, you will find yourself in a war to hold on to hope. And so many times you'll lose that war because they are relentless. Therefore, sometimes you have to rebuke them and say, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to have hope. I don't need to know any more negative news or facts, or gossip, I choose to believe that things are going to get better. And one of the things that I found is that when you do that, even if the circumstances don't get better, you get better in the circumstances, and you're better able to handle whatever comes your way. But we have to watch out for the hope killers. It says in the book of 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, in the 8th verse, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We have to resist him, steadfast in the faith. And that's one of the things that hope helps you to do. When you watch out for the hope killers and you hold on to hope even in the midst of negativity, it allows you to stand and to be victorious because it's only the enemy that wants to steal your hope. It's his job to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you by getting you in that place of depression and despair so that you cannot try, so that you cannot do the things that you were placed here, created 
to do, your purpose, your destiny. So watch out for the hope killers. And when you see them, go the other way. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. And also, make sure that you don't become a hope killer. And you can do that by always keeping hope, watching, praying, and staying in a hopeful place. I'm Dr. Rosalind White Lewis Tompkins, and I pray that you have enjoyed this Hope Thought for today. For more Hope Thoughts, please listen to Think Hope Podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can become involved with the Hope Campaign, please visit makeahopeconnection.com. You can also go to practiceofhopology.com. Remember, as you plant the seeds of hope into the garden of your heart, blessings will spring forth. Yes, there are hope killers, but thank God we can overcome them all. That the, the main thing is we must keep this hope burning bright. And all of the things that we've been talking about in terms of the practice of hopeology, the hope breaks, and, and, and everything can help us to overcome whatever it may be, and especially to beware of those hope killers because they are out there. And now I want to talk about your book. You have a book testimony, and I'd like for you to share a little bit about it. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I have always wanted to write. I mean, before I learned how to write, and I put this in my book, is mm -hmm. that I would buy, in elementary school, I would buy packs of paper and just make squiggly lines. You know, all over a whole pack of paper. <laughs> so I've always wanted to write. But I thought my first book would be fiction. I wanted to do a murder mystery. Act. Mm. That has been my passion. However, God flipped the script. I never in a thousand years imagined that I would write a non-fiction book. But I have been a person that do journaling. I have been doing journaling for over 30 years mm. plus. And so I was able wow. to go back and read my journals and my thoughts and, and my passions and my disappointments and hurts and triumphs and all of those things. And that's what I put in my testimony. And the most glaring thing was church hurt. When I started writing and doing research, I I learned that a lot of people suffer from church hurt. I thought I was on this island all by myself. Let's define, when you say church hurt, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is not given the opportunity to operate in the giftness from God. Okay. And I had so many questions about what was happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. Women did not, in my denomination, yes. that we were not called to be preachers. And I'm like, but I don't want to do this. This is what I'm being led to do. And yes. so the first time I shared that, a very prominent pastor told me, Linda, our denomination do not recognize women. And I was like, okay, fine. So I went back in the world. And mm. let me tell you, over a number of years, I hit rock bottom. And wow. I realized until you do what God has called you, wired you yes. to do, you will have no peace. In the, in the book now, do you, do you give... Uh, tips or strategies of how others who are going through that because I know it's still out there uh, and I can you know I can attest to that uh, but we are overcomers and we must fulfill our destiny and purpose the purpose that God has created us 
whether other people are, you know, comfortable or they understand or not. Because if it's truly God, then he will anoint you and he will use you. But you cannot allow other people and their understanding and their opinions. You can love them right where they are, but you must do what God's called you to do. So in the book, Testimony, do you give those type of uh, strategies? Exactly. I always tell people, you have to do what God called you to do. You have to, you're the only one that can give an account. So uh-huh. you're going to give an account for what you did or what you did not do. And so for me, and I tell them for them, you want to hear him say, you did it. Well done. Good yes. and faithful service. You did No matter what your mother said, no matter what your daddy said, no mm-hmm. matter what your cousin said, no matter what that man of God with thousands of church members said, you do what I told you to do. And mm-hmm. I must say what really helped me, and I put this in my book, my mother and my father were my top cheerleaders. <laughs> you know? so, Praise so God. I, you know, I, yes, they were, my mother would go with me on speaking engagements, and it was just, but it was a, it was a, it was a journey. It was mm-hmm. a journey. But I think it made me a better person. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, how can how can one purchase your book? Is it still available? Well, listen, it's so funny. I give it away. I I I, <laughs> I give it away. Number one, I finish something. For me, it was just a re- a benefit to finish it. Uh-huh. So I finished it, and I tell people. Just let me know you're going to read it. If you're going to read it, I will give it to you free of charge because I want you to be empowered. I want you to be enlightened. I want you to be excited about what God has placed in you. So, well, well, how can they? Okay, well, how can they contact you to get their free copy if 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 they so desire? My email: L J Black here at comcast.net if they would send me a message or email just saying I want a copy give me your address I'll even pay for the postage I will mail it <laughs> you're such a giver <laughs> I tell you I love most of the hopologists are givers and and so that is that is that is an opportunity that I would encourage you, especially if you or you know someone who may benefit from uh, learning about how to overcome this church hurt and whatever capacity it may be. Um, just just send that email to to Linda. Well, it has been so wonderful having this hope chat with you today. And I have one more question that I want to ask you that I ask of all of my guests before I let you go. And that okay. is this. Evangelist Linda Blackshear Smith, what brings you hope? What brings me hope? I am fueled by my faith in God. It's my belief system. I believe what I believe. I talk it. I live it. I think it. And now, what brings me hope? I hope that I be the best hopeologist that has ever been born. <laughs> All right. All right. And you, and you know what? That's okay with me. I'm one of the leaders that believe that my protégés should shine brighter and greater than I ever have and that's what I'd like to see so that's that is so exciting <laughs> thank you so much for being a, a part of this Thinko podcast and also a part of the uh, Hope Pass It On community and the Hopeologist family uh, there's going to be great things happening I, and I'm, I'm here to empower you and to encourage you and to strengthen your practice of hopeology because listen we have to get this message out and we have to 
turn the tide on this hopelessness that we're facing and and I just I'm just happy to have to have you on board and uh, we're looking oh yeah also um, let's mention we have a a hope immersion retreat workshop coming up on March the 11th if you're listening to this if you're you're local if you'd like to find out more information then just uh, just send me an email Rosalind Y Tompkins at gmail.com or message me through this particular site wherever you're listening and uh, we'll get the information out there plus we'll share it on our social media sites that we will have a hope immersion retreat workshop where evangelist Linda Smith is going to host it and uh, I'll be facilitating it It's going to be for one day so it's a four-hour four-hour event and um, if you'd like to come and experience this hope and learn more about how you can become a hopeologist then I would encourage you to join us go to practiceofhopeology.com or hopeemergentretreat.com and find out more information and and come and experience hope for yourself remember as long as there's breath in your body there is hope Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.